Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, strong and powerful Lauren Hardy. Lauren, are you ready to do this? I am. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, excited to have you on. Lauren is the founder of TMF Real Estate, an organization operating with the highest levels of integrity and finding mutually beneficial solutions in every transaction. I'm excited to have you on, Lauren. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Awesome. Well, I so my name is Lauren Hardy. I actually live in Orange County, California. And I have two daughters, uh, ages seven and nine. I'm a single mom um, and I own a couple businesses. Um, I'm a real estate investor. I focus on a unique niche. Um, We call it wholesaling. And what makes me unique is that I practice business outside of my backyard. So I do it out of state because where I live, it's very expensive and it's very difficult to get the returns that are ideal being Southern California. So um, that's one of my businesses. The other business I have is a coaching business. I coach what I do um, and I'm a podcast host uh, for an edu- a larger education company called Wholesaling Inc. Nice. Well, I appreciate all that. Um, my wife and I met in Orange County, California. We spent three lovely years there, um, but I certainly can identify and empathize with the fact that real estate is a lot more expensive there than it is in other parts of the country. So, Yeah, it is. And there's just a lot of demand. So it's really hard, you know, to get the margins that you want to get on flip projects um, for the same amount of work that if you were, you know, doing this in any other state, you know, maybe in the Midwest or the South, you know, you'd be working just as hard, but making, you know, four times as much. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. So, all right. So why, why wholesaling? You know, I started my business eight years ago. So I started as a house flipper and this was eight years ago, you know, coming out of the recession, it was, there were still a ton of deals in California because there was still a lot of seller distress. So flipping in California at the time was amazing. It was just, it was a great time to be in the business. After, you know, a few years, the market started heating up. Um, There was a lot of demand for housing where, you know, in my area, my market territory. So the deals sort of dried up here. Um, Then I started flipping and developing out of state. Um, The reason I moved to a purely wholesale model uh, where I buy the properties, um, we assign, instead of um, closing on them, we assign our contracts mainly is to minimize, you know, risk. I do feel like we're in a time in the market where, um, we could see an adjustment. It's just, I mean, a lot of people, I feel like there's different sides on that or where you believe we're going, but I feel personally like there might be an adjustment coming. So wholesaling just feels very safe to me. It's also a lot easier to wholesale properties when you are out of state versus fixing and flipping them. Every time I tried flipping a house out of state, it was a lot of headache, not a lot of fun, not worth 
you know, the, the outcome. So that's why I strictly wholesale at this point. Yeah, I really can't imagine trying to uh, trying to remotely manage um, a buying a house and fixing it up and then selling it. So I think that would be probably pretty tricky. I'm a person who 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 really likes systems and figuring out something that works, and then I'm perfectly happy to to, to do the same thing over and over again as 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 long as I like doing it. Um, how do systems play into what 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 you're doing? So, I mean, that's exactly it. So when I, when I tried flipping houses, like in your traditional HGTV sense, (laughs) it was very difficult to systematize that out of state. The contractors, there's this human component and the contractors would take advantage of the situation any which way they could because I wasn't there. Um, but with wholesaling, it was a lot easier to systematize So I, the way I get our leads, we do a lot of, um, you know, outbound seller marketing. I have a team of sales reps that speak with sellers. Um, we have a very particular type of home we go for because we have a very particular type of end buyer that buys these homes. These are primarily rental properties. So it's been easier to systematize wholesaling because I've removed the construction aspect of it. So as long as we understand pricing, we get, you know, the property priced correctly, we're able to sort of put them through our business machine and turn a profit. Um, it is difficult to systematize our business. I feel like you can't fully be systematized because there is this human component. Every property is different. They're all in different areas. So it's never going to be completely the same. You know, it's not like I feel like, a, you know, a McDonald's, right, where every right. McDonald's is exactly the same because it's the exact same hamburger with, you know, two pickles. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not exactly like that. But I do believe in systems because I think that with systems you can scale easier. Um, so I've done the best I can. I think wholesaling provides that. Got it. I appreciate that. So why is it primarily rental properties? It's the, it's mainly the territory I'm at. It's just, they're good rental markets. The Midwest has some good rental markets. So it's been a very easy property to go after, um, our end. There's a lot of end buyers in that area just looking for good rental deals. So it's just, it's just the niche I'm in. Fair enough. And you talked about how it's, it's so important to get the price correct. And I imagine that you probably made some great decisions early on and some terrible ones about pricing. So tell me a little bit about how you go about doing that. Pricing is so important. You know, you can make a mistake with offering too much, you know, and losing money or you offer too little and you're losing deals. I actually think offering too little is one of the worst things that you could do because you're really missing out on a lot of opportunity and you're just turning sellers off. So you're wasting your marketing dollars and you're wasting a lot of your time. So getting that sweet spot of, you know, of pricing and what price is right is really important. A lot of people in my business, they look at the property as if they were going to be like a house flipper and they take some, you know, random formula that they've heard, you know, on a podcast or in some course, (laughs) uh, you know, to come up with pricing. A popular one that's floating around is like the 70%, um, you know, you take the ARV, you multiply it by 70% and you minus the repairs rule. 
So I call it the 70 per, the 70 percent minus repairs rule. It, to me, that is really doing people a disservice to go around teaching them that because that's really not how it works in a lot of markets. If you offer that in a lot of markets, you won't get any deals. You'll offer you'll end up offering too low. And especially when you're virtual like me, we're locking properties up without even seeing them. So, you know, how would I come up with repairs? You know, I would kind of just be like making something up really. (laughs) So the way, what I have found the best way to figure out pricing is just to look at what other investors are paying in the area. And you can usually come up with an idea of what you should pay just by looking at those comps. You don't have to think about repairs. Just try to find, you know, three homes that look similar, similar in size, similar in age and, you know, relatively similar condition and stick with that, you know, offer, offer the average of those three. Got it. Makes sense. So is there, is, is, is this something that, that you need to be doing full time? Is this something you could be doing part time? Wholesaling, you could do part time. I mean, that's how I got started. I originally had a full time job and I got started house flipping part time. So I do believe that you can do it part time. I do know, I mean, a lot of my students, they still have jobs or they have other things and this is their side hustle, which they hope to make it their full time hustle. But you absolutely could do it part time. And to be able to do that part time, I guess I'm sort of just asking little questions instead of asking the real question, which is who, who should do this? Um, I think you probably need to be an organized person, particularly if you're going to be doing it part time, but what are, when, 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 when you're looking at people that say, Oh, I'm interested in this, who do you say? Yep. You should do it versus Nope. You should not do this at all. You should find something else. (laughs) You know, I mean, you know, George, it's funny on Friday, I really put a lot of thought into that. Just recently, I had like one of those moments, um, you know, I, I mentioned I had a coach, I have a coaching program, and I have over 150 students. And, you know, I have some that do really well. And then I have some that come back with the same questions every single week. And then they have the same, you know, excuses as to why they haven't moved forward every mm. single week. And I really took time to think about what was the difference between these people, like, what are the avatars? Like, what is, you know, the avatar of the student that makes it, makes wholesaling, does it, is successful? What are, what's the avatar of the student that just doesn't really seem to be getting anywhere? And it really is the type of person who's extremely self-accountable. So what I mean by that is when something's not working out in your business or in your marriage or in anything, right? Are you the type of person that you're, you make an excuse and you blame something else, something exterior or someone else like, well, you know, it's, I really think it's the, where I'm getting my data from, you know, I can't trust the data provider for these lists. And that's why I think I haven't gotten a deal (laughs) or are you going, you know, I had a, you know, I'm in a dry spell right now. It's been three weeks since I've closed a deal. And I think it's, I think it's something I'm doing. Like, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm not making enough offers. Maybe I'm not. And it's funny. I have my students. It's like, there are two different categories are the ones that they immediately blame themselves. And then they're the ones that blame other people. And if you are the person that blames yourself, I think you have what it takes. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to figure out Lauren, what, what, what the situation was, was it like the straw that broke the camel's back and you're like, enough, 
I'm so sick of talking to the same person over and over again. I'm going to put pen to paper and figure out <laughs> so I can stop inviting these people into my program. You know, it's <laughs> what it for me, there was someone who, you know, I was talking to her and it was like, how are you not moving forward? Like you're, this doesn't make sense. So I run, I call it running diagnostics. I ask her, okay, how many leads did you get? How many offers out of those leads did you make? How many, you know, have you gotten any contracts? Have you closed any deals? And I, at every time I would talk to her, she couldn't go 90 seconds without blaming someone else mm. or something else. It was like every 90 seconds she would blame. Well, I think maybe it's the list provider where I got the lists from. I think it's the houses. I think it's the houses I'm going after. Mm. I think it's my partner out there. I have a, you know, a joint venture partner and I, th I think it's him. I think I made the wrong choice. And I was like, you know, what's funny. You've not once blamed yourself. And I had to call her out and I had to, I was like, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to say it real. I'm going to say it to you straight. Like it's, you've not once blamed yourself. And what, when I ran diagnostics, I saw she had a hundred leads, but she only made 16 offers. And that's a, that's a you problem. <laughs> like yeah. you're no shortage of leads. You had a hundred people that expressed interest in selling their home, but you only chose 16 to actually make an offer to. That's, that's a you problem. That's not anybody else. That's not a list problem, you know? So I really did think about that. I was like, okay, what is the difference between her? And then I thought, what is the difference between someone else? You know, and I kind of put those people in my heads. Right. And I thought, yeah, the other person who's actually doing really well, you know, like that I'm thinking of, I'm going, they, she always blames herself first. Anytime, like, and even if it's like the smallest thing that's going wrong that I actually would classify as no, that's normal. That's part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like you're going to have a, like a slow week or slow two weeks. Like she was having like a slow two weeks. She was having a meltdown because she was having like a slow two weeks and I was like, no, no, that's normal. You're not doing anything wrong. Like she's thinking, I'm doing something wrong. Something, something's happened. I'm doing right. something wrong. Yeah. And I had to go, no, 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 you're not doing anything wrong. You're fine. So yeah, it's like, there's two different types of people. And I think that it's the self, the people that are very self-accountable will do well. Amen. All right. So, so what, what do I need to get started? Do I need a certain amount of money? Do I need knowledge? Do I need time? I think you need a little bit of all of that. You don't need to have it all, but you do need a little bit of all of that. You have to have a marketing budget. I did get into this business with no money. I did, but I opened up a credit card that had $11,000 limit and that was my marketing budget. Yeah. I, d I don't recommend that to everyone, but I knew I, ha I have a high degree of self-accountability and I just knew like I'll die before this, like before I give up. So I, that was my marketing budget. You do need a bit for marketing. You just do. Cause we do direct to seller marketing. So, um, whether that's $500 a month, you know, a thousand, 2000, you know, that's all a great start. At least you've got something. Um, you do need some knowledge. I do know a lot of people that start out with YouTube university knowledge. And I think that's great. I think that gives you vision but it doesn't give you direction and you might be wasting a lot of time. Um, you might be doing things that you heard on one YouTube channel combined with something you heard in another YouTube channel and you kind of slop it all together 
And you might find out if you had a good mentor that you could have skipped a lot of those steps and uh, maybe drew, draw a straight line versus a, a, a very curvy, long drawn out one, you know, to get to the same place. Um, so I do think you need knowledge and I think having a mentor is very important. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that those are the, those are important as far as time, you'd be surprised what you could get done in three hours. So I recommend if you have at least three hours, you're good. If you can carve out three hours somewhere in your day where you can be intensely focused, you can get this business started. I love it. That's really well said right there. YouTube University, I've never heard that. And that, and that, yeah, I, I bet that's perfect. You can get vision from that, but you're not going to be able to get direction. So I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, Lauren, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think my tip is, I mean, I don't want to pound you on the head with self-accountability, <laughs> but I think that you need to tell yourself in your life that everything is your fault. I think people that do that, they take you know, they take accountability for their outcomes and they are powerful in their life. They take back the power. I think when you look for exterior things that are, you know, it's other people's fault or it's something else's fault, you're powerless. So my tip is, you know, everything's your fault. Well, I think that, that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on, come on. <laughs> I totally agree, Lauren. I totally agree. I, I do think that most things in my life, I think probably everything is, 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 is my fault. So I love it. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Give us uh, the websites, give us where they can find your coaching program, the podcast, everything. Awesome. So my podcast that I host is Wholesaling Inc. So check me out there. I've got the Monday slot. Um, if you want to learn more about my coaching program, uh, the URL is virtualinvestingmastery.com. And if you just want to learn a little bit more about me, follow me on Instagram. My handle is thismomflips. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Lauren your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Listen to the podcast, Wholesaling Inc. Uh, check out virtualinvestingmastery.com and then find her on Instagram. And the handle is This Mom Flips. Thanks again, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight as we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social? Is your daily screen time over two hours? Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.